Hello and welcome back to another episode of League Talk. Today we have a really interesting guest, one that's been around the UK scene for a while and a professional player. We have Shogun. So welcome Shogun, thank you ever so much for giving me your time. I appreciate, uh, you know, you've got a really busy schedule at university and gaming and all that. So uh, thank you so much for giving over some time for this. That's fine, thanks for having me. No worries. So I'd like to sort of get to know you and let everyone else who listens get to know you a little bit. So if you wouldn't mind talking about yourself, whether that's to do with if you were always uh, eSports, always a gamer at heart, or whether you were traditional sports, and then a little bit about the teams that you've played on and the UK scene and how you've been going through all of that, if that's cool. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I think I've always been a gamer since my brother got a PS1, you know? So yeah. <laughs> that's, that must be since I was like six or seven. Uh-huh. Uh, I think, and then ever since then, I've probably not gone a week without playing a video game of nice. some sort. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I did uh, physical sports too growing mm-hmm. up, but less so now, obviously, because yep. I've found my preference of the two. Of course. <laughs> but um, yeah, so yeah. Amazing. I've been, yeah, playing games all my life, pretty mm-hmm. much. Was there a game that really kicked it off for you? I've had a couple of guys that were like, oh, there was, like, Crash Bandicoot was the first game I played, or uh, Star think, Wars Battlefront uh, was the first game I Age, played. Age of Mythology okay. was it's not Nothing the first right. game I played, but that was the first one that I really got into. Yeah. I think, like, every day I'd come home and I'd bang it on, and <laughs> me and my brother would play it so we'd be able to get competitive with each other, you know. And PS1 was your first uh, console? Yeah, I mean, my brother's, my brother's first console, I think. Yeah. We had, like, a... Colin McRae's like oh, the rally or oh, something the, yeah, yeah the cars one yeah I know which one yeah 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 about. really old school and you'd have an actual wheel that you could drive <laughs> yeah. with it was like revolutionary yeah. at the time you know? <laughs> yeah brilliant no that's super interesting so and then uh, talking a little bit about the teams that you've been on you've been around the UK scene for a while now mm-hmm. um, obviously you play support if I'm not mistaken um, so yeah, that's correct. the teams that you've been around so how, what teams have you been on how long have you been in the UK scene for uh, so I've done three splits already, mm-hmm. and the next one will be my fourth. Uh, I started on actually the first team. Uh, I I almost kind of forget this because it was so brief. But yeah. initially, the first team I was on was GLB um, okay. to try and qualify for ESL at the time. Mm. But we failed to qualify, um, and another team did qualify, who then got picked up by Barrage. Okay. And their roster lost some players, so they brought me in to replace. I think it was Reclamation at the time because he right. was going to America. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was how I got my first split. And then after that, I moved to Enclave, and then last split on Eminem. Interesting. Okay, cool. And how 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 has your career been? Are you happy with the way it's been going? Is the trajectory exactly where you're after? Or yeah, I mean. It, it, it's, it, I, th- I mean, I'm kind of always happy just, I think with each split being picked up by a team and being sure. involved has always yeah. been, um, it sounds like potentially, a, I think for me, just having been involved in each split has been mm. nice. Um, but I don't, I, I don't think I'm massively happy with where I've been placed like each time, you know, okay. like this split, I think is much more of a goal orientated split for me in terms of... Mm-hmm actually reaching like a top spot yeah interesting we'll touch on the sort of goals and your aspirations a little bit later um but what what sort of stuff are you up to at the moment is it 100 percent gaming i believe you're at university so yeah i am at uni yeah awesome so where what are you studying uh, i study anthropology interesting that's, yeah that's a strange um, one yeah it's, it's a lot of fun i guess in case anyone doesn't know it's pretty much just like uh, cultural studies. Yeah, I essentially. think does it? It does mean like to do with the study of humans. I think that's it's what the it study means, of right? humans. Yeah, yeah um, but more specific, 
more specifically mm. about sort of society and, and culture and all really this sort of stuff. You know, stuff, it's though. not like psychology or yeah, biology yeah, yeah. or anything. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's actually it is actually quite interesting, and it's not too probably takes up half my time, and then the yeah. other half I, I pretty much use on the. Um, okay, I don't cool. really have. I don't like play any other games right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's interesting, yeah, it depends, isn't it? Because depends on my social life in every yeah, day. <laughs> yeah, because university is one of those bizarre things. And in, in in the UK, university is the sort of American, the American equivalent is college, I presume. Um, yeah, yeah. And because I'm also, you know, I'm on what's called a placement year, so I do this. My year, my course is a four year course, and I'm in the third year, so I go and work in an organisation for a year. But when I was at second year of uni, and I've looked at the fourth year of uni timetables, I'm on less than nine hours a week of university like scheduled time so in the uk this is this bizarre thing where you sort of pay all this money to go to university obviously it's what you make out of it and it's the time that you put in afterwards and all that but nine hours a week we were all like this is unbelievable like we're spending so much money on this yeah but, I, i'm in eight <laughs> yeah so, it's crazy isn't it yeah it's, it's quite mad but, hey, yeah interesting that's the thing. A, lot, a lot of it is is all self-catered yeah. so you have to mm-hmm. uh, i could do eight hours a week and that's it yeah but, I mean, I choose to do more. (laughs) You need to engage with it yourself, of course, um, of course. Which kind of makes it more difficult because then having to balance—it's easier to balance things when people tell you how much time you have to put into it. Yeah, and it's a—it's a difficult one as well because a lot of people from the UK, um, I know this for a fact, is that you come from school, which is you get your homework in on a certain deadline. You do Mm -hmm. your nine to three or whatever the day is for you. Um, and then you sort of go home and then it school finishes. But, you know, university doesn't work quite like that. So it's a bit of a learning curve. Um, mm, sure. But I'm interested in your pathway. So we we know that you played uh, PS1 was your first sort of entrance into gaming. And you've been around the UK scene for a while. But how did you get to be a, a professional League of Legends player? Um, so, I mean, it was just from playing solo queue. Yeah. And I must have got myself to probably master tier mm. and I never even really considered trying to play competitively because I was oh. always either in education or working mm. full time mm-hmm. um, but when I decided that I was going to go to university I gave myself uh, I left my job and gave myself like three four month break before I was going to go because mm-hmm. I thought I was like oh you know like I'd saved up so much money um, yeah. from working for years mm-hmm. and I was like I'll have this time off to just do what I want to do and I thought okay what do I want to do in this time I was like do you know what I'll do I'll have a look into it <laughs> I was like maybe I can play yeah so I looked into it and then I found out being master tier at the time um Big deal. almost guaranteed you interest as mm-hmm. a player I mean I think it still does really yeah, in the yeah, UK yeah. scene um by being a UK resident and I can't remember exactly who I must have got in contact with mm. uh, I think I just started I met some players in solo queue and then kind of just started talking to them from there. I went on like league forums <laughs> oh, yeah. and there was, I think that was where GLB were posting and I applied for them and then they picked me up fairly fast after that. And then, oh, I mean, once, once you're in and people know, knew who I was, it's so much easier then just to uh, have someone take interest in you as a player. Yeah, of course. That was one of the things that uh, Officer Naughty, who came on the podcast a couple of podcasts ago, he was saying that um, one of the big deals for players in the uk scene is just to get to one of the really easy ways to get a pro be a pro sorry is to just get high elo and that seems yeah, like a really sort of easy 
easy fix like oh just get to masters but that really is yeah. one of the ways that people get into professional gaming is just dedicating time and improving themselves totally. to the point where they're in masters or challenger even maybe even diamond yeah. in some circumstances what i'll say is it doesn't guarantee you a spot on a team mm. for sure because it doesn't translate very well yeah. to solo queue to <clears throat> competitive play mm. but like for instance even what people will see this split there are quite a few uh, fresh faces in yeah. the uk scene who have who are solo queue players mm. that are high ranked solo queue players that are going to be doing their first split Okay, but it's it's really because if they have that high solo queue rating, you can mm. trust that with a good team and a good good coaching, mm. you can mold that person into something good. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, yeah, it's I... much easier to teach the sort of macro and the discipline of the game mm. than it is to make someone mechanically better. Of course. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, that's the part of the coaching, isn't it? And one thing that uh, again, Alex said recently, he was on the podcast. Sorry, we're both you and I are both really bunged up at the moment. So if we sound yeah, a, bit, yeah. <laughs> a bit grotty, then that might be why. But one of the things he was saying was um, that he's put a lot more emphasis this split on the backroom staff. So something that he overlooked in the past. He's like, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I believe he said there's an analyst, an assistant coach, a head coach. I think there was one other role, but I can't remember off the top of my head. But he said sure. that's something that he's really interested in. And obviously, the the better you have the coaching staff around these quality or high quality players then theoretically the better these players will become so hopefully that all works out for all of the teams that are doing that sort of uh, approach because i think that's yeah. the proper way of doing it personally yeah i yeah i agree i think um players will hit a ceiling without that i yeah. think quite a lot of players will yeah I agree. Um, it's a very difficult environment to sort of deal with on your own and try mm -hmm. and improve in on your own mm -hmm. yeah but when you have a team of people who are dedicated solely mm. to helping you improve yeah, for sure. Uh, it, it really can help you along the way. For sure. Now, this is the this is a sort of a difficult place to be because we're right in the middle of all of the LVP sort of announcements and media days and all of that. So at the time of this recording, we've had all the media days they've passed. Um, I believe only Diablos, Diablos, and Fnatic have fully released their rosters for the upcoming split. I so, yeah, Fnatic have. I'm not, have Diablos actually fully released them? Well, they've they done just little released? hints and uh, things I on mean, Twitter. I mean, everybody knows because yeah. that, those <laughs> hints kind of led to yeah. that. So, and yes. someone was straight away in the comments every time. Someone was getting them every time. Yeah, so, yeah. 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 I, th I think um, most people know those two rosters, whether they've officially announced so. it. Diablos, yeah. I'm not sure. But um, the expectations for this split is going to be a really interesting one because uh -huh. the LVP has obviously been taken over. They've taken over from Forger Champions and Riot. They're working together to, to make this sort of more successful. They've obviously come over from the Spanish leagues. Um, but there's a lot of big names in the UK scene now, especially with XL being in the LEC. That's made them a really big player. And obviously Fnatic's huge. So what's it like for you to see this sort of UK scene develop this year in the way that it has? Because it has, it has really skyrocketed um, in terms of potential money and potential big players. Mm. Yeah, I mean it's pretty cool. Like, that like that's pretty much it. Like, it, it yeah. is. It's, it's nice. It's good. It's beneficial. Mm. Um, I think everyone's pretty happy for it. It's it's going to mean a lot. I think for some players to be able to just. Yeah. I I think in terms of as a stepping stone, because mm -hmm. previously people when when we would deal with the UK scene, you know, people would kind of see it as a free win or they would see it as a wasted split. Yeah. You know, you could come first in the UK scene. That wasn't going to guarantee you anything mm -hmm. before. That wasn't then going to go and get you a starting position in Spain or okay. you know France or yeah, anything. Yeah. Uh, it was like we were just a sort of B tech division yeah. kind of like you know <laughs> where it was, if people had nothing to do they would play here for a split. Yeah. But I think with the two academy spots, mm -hmm. it sort of it creates that that challenge. You know mm -hmm. that if you overcome, it gives you the opportunity to prove yourself. Yeah. 
No, I think that's really you know, interesting. If you can play against these teams, you are good. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. know, you deserve X, Y. You know? mm. And I think that's that's going to be one of the things. And I, and obviously, everyone around the UK scene hope that it hopes that it develops in the way that it should. But I think one of the really interesting things that the LVP is supposedly doing is they're following uh, what seems to be more of a content-heavy structure when it comes to marketing, branding, um, when it comes to advising the teams on what to do. Um, and they want orgs to have a strong focus around content, from what I understand. Now, this might not be 100% true. There might be some uh, little caveats to that. Um, but the interesting thing is this is somewhat following the way the LEC have been branding and the way that the sort of franchising worked in the NA region, um, with teams like 100 Thieves doing like documentary-based content, so how do you feel that this is just one part of what the LVP have been doing? How do you feel the LVP will do and has done as an organisation that have taken over? Is it positive? Is it wholly positive, somewhat negative? There's some things to improve on? Um, I mean, I think it's pretty much positive. Like, yeah. it's, it's hard. I mean, there's an obvious, if you just look at the progression that's happened since LVP's come in, mm-hmm. um, obviously there's other systems that have come in alongside that. So, I mean, you know, now the academy teams are here. That mm-hmm. looks like a good thing. Yeah. That's 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 riots doing, not LVP. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. they're kind of benefiting off someone else's changes. Mm. So what? Like, you know what I mean? But if it's, if it's positive, it's positive. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think you know the the content focus and everything. If it's if it's going to bring uh, a, a wider viewership to mm-hmm. the scene, yeah. uh, then then why not? It's it's what it needs mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Like as much as we'd all love to just kind of say that you know our main focus should be about the competitiveness and the skill mm-hmm. if we're not going to work on actually just French sort of you know pushing out there and getting getting yeah. to the viewers it's like what's it for yeah, so of course uh, I, I think it should hopefully be good I don't I don't know what their marketing team's like so yeah, yeah, of course. but well, I th- I they think, seem to be doing fine to me yeah I think the really interesting thing is I, I don't know how much you follow the LEC and have been following it in the last like month or so uh, so so yeah yeah because they've been releasing a lot of like really interesting video content that's sort of been hitting the top For pages sure. of Reddit every time and it's you know XPECA in a bath and all this sort of stuff but um, <laughs> that's been really interesting to watch because for me I think that's a that's a really big step and I think that's really positive um, so hopefully LVP can sort of not copy but uh, sort of brand themselves along a similar way because I think it's. I think there's new fans for the LEC just because of the way their content has been working, and I think that's something yeah. that you will see more and more. So hopefully, that's something that the LVP sort of pick up with and uh, continue to do because I, I think it has been something. You know, the media days come along, so hopefully there'll be some good content coming out of that. Yeah, and hopefully it'll, for some players in particular, you yeah. know, it's it's really good for them too. Like yeah. they're probably going to snatch up like a few people are going to make themselves known. Mm. Um, you know maybe they'll get to film a video in a bath too yeah. or something <laughs> I mean, like, whatever, whatever suits them yeah whatever floats their boat man yeah pretty much <laughs> but um, we touched on it earlier You're a, you play support um, <clears throat> and this is going to be a sort of broad set of questions here um, sure but what's it like being a support player in League of Legends because you know a lot of support players especially in solo queue get a bad rap for just you know picking Lulu <laughs> or picking you know Janna that sort of vibe um, so what, what's it like being a support player in League of Legends, but more specifically in the pro scene? Um, I think, yeah, from compared to playing playing in solo queue to competitive mm. as support, it's a completely different yeah. experience, probably almost more so than any other role. Mm. Um, because the things that you can do as a support player mm-hmm. that, that just go unnoticed in solo queue, yeah. um, 
because obviously as a support uh, like in competitive a lot of the time supports and junglers will end up dealing with more yeah, early yeah. game management mm -hmm. because you have your you have more time almost free yeah. you have a lot of free time as a support mm -hmm. like other players have more strict regiments in game about where they have to go and what they have to do mm. and the support you have mm -hmm. a bit more fluidity to that yeah so i think in competitive it's it's a lot more interesting and a lot more in depth but in solo queue it's like you know you try and play a warding game mm. but it's no one else is doing it so it doesn't really work yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. Know? <laughs> of course and i think it's one of those things where it's like little tiny things so for example a support is more likely to get moby boots than an adc right <clears throat> obviously so that's yeah. like maybe one one or two seconds from uh base to lane that's saved every time obviously you know money love maybe bits man <laughs> so those, those sort of two seconds can be really important that can get you a ward down in uh in professional play but in solo queue you're like you put a ward down but your adc is not going to notice anyway so what yeah, I've, no, go on sorry sorry no go on. i was just going to start talking like game <laughs> like yeah, too yeah much, go for so, it go uh, for it i was just gonna say yeah like so obviously yeah you put down your wards and you know people aren't working for prio in lanes mm. around it you lose your vision every time yeah. and you know, someone goes and face checks a bush randomly. Mm. It doesn't make sense. Of course, you don't have that communication mm -hmm. um, in solo queue. Because one but in team, you can you can really build that structure yeah. and play to these things. And that's the important thing about synergy, isn't it? But um, oh, totally. for for practice now, obviously, you hear about all these players that are practicing between like ten to sixteen hours a day, depending on which league, which players. <laughs> you know, you, there was an article I did a podcast on it ages ago. It was like my eighth podcast that I've done. And it was on uh, a freak of freaks' coach, I Love Oove, who said that his players will be practicing between 14 to 16 hours a day, which is obviously absurd. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, but practice for a support player, arguably, you know, we, when we talk about solo queue practice rather than scrims, practice must be significantly more difficult because the stuff that you're going to be performing on stage is just not yeah. necessarily the stuff that you'll be doing in solo queue. Whereas no, if you look at an ADC... At the end of the day, the role of an ADC, whether it's solo queue or professional play, is broadly more similar than that of a support, right? <laughs> so what's practice like? Yeah, I mean, so like, if I give you an example, mm. currently with my coach, we've been working on warding a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and the only time that I can really practice that is in scrims. Yeah. So, and we'll watch, you know, watching like VODs or uh, things like this to try and work on it. But... Mm. The time that I'm spent in solo queue is pretty much just mechanical training on okay. champions most of the time. Um, yeah. You can't you can't work on macro game that mm -hmm. much because you need four people who are also going to yeah, do it with course. you. And sometimes that happens, and you have like a really great game. Mm. But you know you can't, you also can't expect people who are just um, playing for fun yeah. in their spare time mm -hmm. to want to suddenly join in with this intensely competitive yeah. behavior yeah, <laughs> you know course. which i think a lot of players find frustrating in solo queue and i do too but yeah. it's, you kind of just have to accept it because yeah. you know such and such that's just got back from his eight hour shift has come home and yeah, he just exactly. wants to play one game of ramus and yeah. <laughs> you know not really think about what he's having yeah, to do it's, of course it's kind of it's kind of fair enough but yeah, yeah so you definitely. do have to save a lot for scrims yeah definitely and it, that sort of leads nicely onto the next question you maybe you've answered it there um, mm -hmm. But it's to do with the aims of the practice, because obviously if your aim, uh, you're not picked up by a team, um, not you specifically obviously, but one sure. is not picked up by a team, potentially your aim as a support player is going to be to get a high rank. So then you've definitely got to change your playstyle. Maybe playing the likes of Lulu and Janna in your champ pool isn't going to be as important as the likes of Zyra at the moment. I know Zyra is quite a uh, high priority for supports. Um, and you're going to have to change your champ pool and potentially changing it to more of a damage focus. I, I don't know, I'm not as... Uh, Clued up about the game is obviously yeah. Of yourself, so right? I mean, there are things you can do to 
climb up in solo queue, mm. um, which would not benefit you at all as a player. Of course. I mean, you can just start one-tricking of solo queue, dominant champion. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look, NA is a great example. If you look yeah. at how many one-tricks there are of in course. Challenger, how many ribbon, ribbon one-tricks there are in yeah. NA solo queue, mm-hmm. um, those people would struggle <coughs> to transition to competitive play okay. with their champ all of one. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, um, I think what I would say is that, that you need to maintain a certain level of rank in solo queue, so mm-hmm. master tier. Mm-hmm. But after that, what you should really work on is pretty much everything you're going to have to do in tryouts okay. um, to impress someone. So mm-hmm. you're going to have to be vocal. You're going to have to show that you understand the game, show that you can work well with other people, mm-hmm. show that you're likable mm-hmm. and that you have a good presence, um, that you have a good mentality. People don't want to work with someone who's going to give up easy. They don't want to work with people that aren't going to show up on time and try yeah. hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen many players who were just arguably just better than the person that got picked over them mm-hmm. not get chosen purely because they would Shoot. come to the trials 50 minutes late they wouldn't say yeah. sorry for being late in game they were quiet mm-hmm. they weren't really interested they seemed unbothered by the whole situation yeah 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 uh, and they, and you don't get picked up i mean you know you can you can do solo queue for a year and then you have this one month where we have trials you know mm-hmm. and in that time you have to perform and you have to show that you're worth something mm-hmm. and that's really what you want to focus on i think yeah, because you glad need to the solo queue rank to get the tryouts. Yeah. But once you're in the tryout, you could be silver or challenger. They do yeah. not care. Yeah. If you don't perform, they're going to be like, "Oh, this person's obviously just a solo queue player, yeah, and course. we're not going to pick them up here." I think you know what? I think that's a really good thing because there's a lot of things that esports can learn from traditional sports, and there's a lot of things that esports can learn from just the general business world. And something that I've picked up on, I've been in a working environment for an awful long time as part-time jobs, full-time jobs, however it is. Um, the things that I have noticed is. You know, if you go to a job interview and you're half an hour late or 15 minutes late, as you said there, <laughs> the chances are that job interview is totally. not going to go particularly well for you. And too oh, right, they're going to want a good excuse. Yeah, like, exactly, <laughs> you know. exactly. Too, and too right and all, because you know, in the in the real world, if you're 15 minutes late, that says an awful lot about you, regardless totally. of the yeah. excuses necessarily. But um, you know, if you're thinking you're going to be 15 minutes late, then leave 15 minutes earlier than you should have been leaving. You know, it's one of those things. Obviously, it doesn't always work out quite like that. But I'm glad to hear no. that those sort of things are are transitioning across to esports because I think that's a really yeah. really important sort of work attitude. ethic is yeah. just as important here as it is anywhere else. Yeah, and I think that's you want to really do well, point. and if you want to be yeah, um, and sort of the next the next sort of thing that I wanted to talk about in terms of the game was um, as we mentioned there, there are so many things that can only truly be practiced during scrims. So, for example, <laughs> you said one of them was re- warding is the really good one. Um, working with your jungler is something that can really be practiced properly in scrims. And one of the other things that I think is more so in scrims than it is in solo queue is shot calling um, oh totally yeah and I don't know if this is something that you take part in because a lot of supports do often take up the role of shot calling it's I think more more often than not it's either a support or a jungler just because of, as you mentioned the free time that supports <clears throat> and junglers have more so than the laners um, obviously that's a, a hugely sweeping statement and not every team's going to be a support or a, a jungler but is, is shot calling something that you take part in uh, yeah so it's something that I have done, uh, depending on what team I'm on mm. and what other player is also on that. Okay. Um, being is important for everyone, regardless of your role. Mm-hmm. Um, like everyone has to give information and share what's happening. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We have ten sets of eyes, like your know, ten eyes. You know, five mm-hmm. sets of eyes, like mm-hmm. on the map. We should all be sharing that information with each mm-hmm. other. In terms of like actual shot calling, it very much depends on who's on the team, who's confident at it, who's good at it. Yeah. I pretty much, the one role that I always push for 
um, with any team is jungle to mm-hmm. have a confident shot caller. Okay. Because I think the role naturally, uh, the early game of yeah. pretty much every game, I think it's, it's pretty much crucial that the, the pace of the game is set yeah, by the jungler. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And that then they're the person that's going to be doing the most talking early on. Yeah. So it makes sense that they should be deciding what's mm-hmm. happening. Yeah. No, um, so sure. if there's anyone that's a jungler, I would recommend highly getting at least good at early game shot calling. Mm-hmm. They don't need to... Because once once you get out of early game and you start to group, you start to rotate together, move around the map yeah, more, yeah. anyone can kind of take over. Yeah. And I think that just that just gets given to the most experienced player who's confident and mm-hmm. telling everyone what to do. Yeah, and I think that's something that's mirrored in a lot of pro players because um, mm. one of the things that supposedly Darduck does really well, obviously he's playing for Optic, Optic Academy now, which is a bit mm. of a step down and maybe a regression in his career. Who knows? We'll see how that goes. Um, but he was always told to be one of the best early game shot callers and he would dictate the game completely for the first 10 maybe maybe even 15 minutes depending on how extended the laning phase is um, but that's something that is clearly mirrored so yeah and then and then obviously those those priorities can be shifted as you said so maybe the early game shot calling is great for the jungler but then the AD so, carry takes over from 35 minutes because he needs to know uh, exactly, or everyone yeah. needs to know what he wants in order to carry the game and push forward past that late game stage so yeah, very you, you really just kind of assign responsibilities to people. Yeah, uh, you don't need one shot caller. Some teams do, and they're mm-hmm. happy with that. Other teams, I think people just people will just naturally start to yeah. um, take over certain roles. Mm-hmm. Somebody starts to they'll they'll say where people should be going on the map. While when in team fights, there's another person who'll be shot calling what's going to happen in the team fight. Yeah, it, it doesn't all have to be one person. And mm-hmm. I think personally, it's better to split that up. Yeah, because then you can focus solely on your one responsibility, mm-hmm. and the rest of the game you can sort of relax more and focus more on you know yeah. just csing uh-huh. you know mechanical not making mistakes making sure. sure that you're not you know going the wrong way or mm-hmm. making any kind of really obvious typical mistakes that you wouldn't normally make yeah and i, I think that's... rather than having one guy with his brain like yeah. you know overheating, overheating. <laughs> of course yeah that makes a lot more sense doesn't it than leaving one yeah. bloke to it um but very very interesting and then the, the next sort of thing that I wouldn't mind talking about was the LEC now obviously you said you've you've sort of been in touch with it sort of not really um, but the LEC kicked off um, and we've seen the sort of first the first glimpses of competition um, broadly speaking really broad what's your opinions on the LEC so far um, that could be I mean, to do with team fine. sorry like, obviously or, I could I could pick up on their technical difficulties whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah you mean I think the one thing that's really nice is seeing these players. I think it'll follow, it kind of tags onto what I was saying earlier about having academy teams mm. in uh, the UK now. It, it sort of again because you have people like Crown Shot and mm-hmm. Selfmade, yeah, and Nemesis, Humanoid. These are all people that I think all of us uh, have played against in scrims at some point yeah. or played against competitively at some point, mm-hmm. and now we're seeing them on essentially at the top point yeah. that they could get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, there isn't a higher point for them to get to that they couldn't get without winning competition. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to get to Wells through this path. Yeah, yeah. I think it mean it, it's nice to see that. I think for a lot of players, that's sort of proof. You know, mm-hmm. that hard work pays off. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. This this path can actually work for you. It's not yeah. a dead end. Mm-hmm. Uh, it directly goes up to there. Yeah, and I think this. You know, obviously. So we're recording this on a Saturday morning. Um, so we've, I've seen, I don't know how much you saw of it last night. The Friday night mm-hmm. I watched game. most of it last night. Yeah, yeah, and I think as you, you pulled up the name Selfmade there, and he had an amazing mm-hmm. game against Fnatic, played and super, super he well. has already made such a name for himself in yeah. that one game. Yeah. Like, he's sorted now. Um, yeah. He could have a terrible split, fine, but he's at least going to be, people are going to be aware, like, oh, he can do it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I think that's I think really you know if they, if they if they don't do well now, he will never get blamed for it. It's yeah. just sometimes you can just make yourself a name. Yeah. Well, arguably yeah. he had the game winning play, didn't they... he? He, he had he that sort of cue, the weird sort of Sejuani cue angle, which then mm. he hit the alt onto Reckless, and that arguably was the sort of the big uh, game-winning play. So totally, totally, big yeah. news for him, which is really, really good. Yeah, I saw the Twitter thing where it was like, you know, who's the player of this match? And it was like ninety percent of it or something was yeah. self-made. Or, you know, hundred percent. Because and, and uh, the other thing that's been really interesting is you know Fnatic lost, which is really big especially yes. against SK who people had a lot didn't have high expectations for there were some people that were saying like obviously this like, is the Mad Lions roster so that's what I mean a, a there are all these European rookies um, coming in and taking out essentially one of the top seeds yeah so yeah I think I think it's going to be really interesting because the competition is going to be okay. so um, out in the open obviously G2 looked really good but G2 didn't look like amazing we weren't like that was a complete stomp they absolutely demolished them I mean they did play really well obviously but sure, yeah. there was a couple of little things where the analysts were saying like maybe they could have done this better maybe this is uh but obviously that's the growing pains of adding a mid laner to your adc and getting a new mid laner all together so um <laughs> the interesting take on that um but yeah i think the lec is going to be a really interesting one and i think that their social media as we spoke uh, spoke about earlier and their content creation has been amazing and it it's something that did surprise me with the eu lcs and definitely with na lcs as well is that they weren't a bit. They weren't very forward-thinking in terms of reminding people that it was coming. Whereas the LEC had like a month in advance. They were dropping little Twitter videos. Loads. So yeah, every day I was hearing about it. To be honest, yeah. I think. And I, I think that's a really positive thing. So, um, in terms of their sort of marketing, I think they might might have that on point. I don't know. What did you think of the uh, the new rebrand as the LEC rather than the LCS? Yeah, I mean, why not? Like I, yeah. I personally. I mean, I'm all. I was already like, maybe it would bring in more fans, but it wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like as someone who's so closely related to the game, I'm yeah. really watching it regardless. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to say whether it would course, entice me yeah, more. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, and I'm not a graphic designer either. Yeah. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah. But I, I like it. It mm-hmm. seems fine. Um, I'm more concerned as long as the gameplay is good and yeah, you know, if they can cut out the hour breaks or whatever, yeah, yeah, I'd be yeah. happier. But the pauses and all that from yesterday. Yeah. Like, extensive what happens that happens to, to all of us at some point yeah. so yeah good stuff well i'm interested as well about how you feel the game is going generally at the moment so we spoke about how how it's been in the lec and there's been obviously competitive so different to solo queue but there will be sort of veins that are similar so maybe the aatrox is really good in solo queue aatrox is really good in pro play there's little things like that that still work so there's so many peaks and troughs throughout the year in terms of quality in game or how fun it is etc so where where do you think the game is now? Are you happy with it? Is this one of the best metas that you've been a part of? Or yeah, I mean, I think it's been for quite a while now that the game has been better and better designed mm. to focus on a team orientated sort of style of play. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't obviously some players out there still can, but it's much yep. more difficult, in my opinion, to just solo in solo queue mm-hmm. to be like just solo queue dominant player. Mm-hmm. Like it's not really it's you know with shutdowns with everything comebacks mm-hmm. are so much easier. You used to be able to you'd have these players that would pick Cassid in mid lane, yeah, and they would just be twenty zero by the end of the game, and you yeah, yeah, you know yeah. and they'd have ninety something win rate, you know, and mm-hmm. that's when that champion had like ninety nine percent ban rate. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I mean right now I think the the champions if you look at like LCK, mm-hmm. the champions that were being hundred percent prioritized pick mm-hmm. ban there mm-hmm. are the same in European solo queue right now. Yeah. Aatrox, Akali, mm-hmm. um, Lucian. I think Rakan supports are less so in solo queue focused. Yeah. Because people aren't so concerned about them, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Um, like Alistair Rakan mm. uh, and Tom Kench are more competitive 
mm-hmm. picks than they are in solo queue. People aren't really that concerned about them in yeah, solo queue. But I think it's fairly close. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why people are so frustrated with solo queue so yeah. much now. Because it takes one person on your team to... Mess it up. Sort of, yeah, because you need to have the mm-hmm. much more coordinated form of gameplay than just being able to sort of, you know, I don't know, pick like Karina and just, you know, go yeah. in all the time and... Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm interested because obviously you being a support player, potentially for support players, that idea of five versus five is better than one versus nine, right? Because um, from a support um, yeah. role, maybe uh, I could be completely wrong. Maybe from a support role, going one v nine is more difficult than it is from top or ADC or something like that. Yeah, I mean, again, I think it's the same for everyone because even when I talk same potential of the enemy team, one per yeah, I mean, if, um, it's it, it really it's all still down to how you're going to play and mm-hmm. you know solo queue is solo queue at the end of the day yeah, but of course. everybody is in the same environment with the same chances and the same mm-hmm. you know um, whether it's better or not I don't solo queue <laughs> is a very strange <laughs> entity yeah, it depends on your, the way you play mm-hmm. uh, I know players that will just pick like Bard mm-hmm. and they will always do the same thing every game mm-hmm. where they'll just constantly roam to mid lane Yeah, and, and they'll just but they'll blindly do it. They'll do it no matter what, mm-hmm. and it will either work or it won't work. Mm-hmm. And it depends on whether the enemy team has got vision and sort of is pinging and communicating to each other. The bard's moving, you know. But that's something that if you try to do that competitive, the second you leave that lane, that mid laner is no. Yeah. So there's no course. point in doing that. Yeah. But absolutely. it works for people. I played a game the other day where my enemy Pike <laughs> was for I think maybe for four or five minutes just stayed top lane <laughs> and my top lane was so so frustrated typing and angry and i was like okay look but we got two towers bot lane and we yeah, killed yeah, their yeah. ad carry three times because yeah. he was just left alone without support of and their course. jungler didn't come nothing and i was like this was much more beneficial for us it's a positive but our top laner was so angry yeah, about bet. the fact that this pike had come and i can understand it it's yeah. annoying but i'm like hey we're winning for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's one of those things. If you frame that in a professional uh, game, you know, the, if that was in a professional game, that would be like Pike would be getting roasted yeah. by um, the casters. Yeah. They'd be like, he's just, he must be having a, a quarrel with his ADC. Yeah. They're, they're, they're having a good relationship because he does not want to be near him right now. Of like. course. But obviously, because it's solo queue, having Pike top for five minutes isn't particularly surprising in a lot yeah. of circumstances. It is exactly right. So, yeah, I see what you mean now. It's really interesting. <laughs> Um, so sort of drawing this whole thing to a close now because I think this has been a really interesting podcast um, but for you personally it's still January so that means we can still get our goals in if that's something that you were after um, so are there any big aspirations or goals that you're looking to set that could be personal it could be sorting out a sleep schedule or something like that or it could be something completely professional like I want to get first in the LVP split uh, I mean I'm pretty good with my sleep schedule and eating yeah LED I think most of my goals right now purely a university and league focus okay i mean i just get my work done for uni mm-hmm. that's that <laughs> yeah of course preferably with a decent grade but yeah. whatever um and then i think for competing in the uk um getting to european masters would be great but that comes after kind of getting i think top four mm-hmm. and getting to the position where i can then compete for european masters mm-hmm. so right now and pretty much just focused on making sure that the team that I'm going to play with next split is going to get to the, the semi-finals and, you know, wow, and okay. go from there. Cool. 
because there's there's been a lot of people that are super confident with their teams this split as well isn't the LVP I've had mm-hmm. a couple of team managers on I've had one one or two players and they're like this is probably the best chance I have at doing something really special this year so yeah I mean I, I'll tell you now if I don't get top four mm-hmm. with with my team um, something went seriously wrong wow. I think big um, big talk yeah like I I would. I think you. You'll find if I don't get there, you'll see me publicly being able to say, I did not put the work in, or we did not work hard enough, because wow. there is no reason that we shouldn't have been able to achieve that. Interesting. That sounds really. I mean, that's exciting. That's super hype. Yeah. That means that you guys are whatever team you are on, and whatever this mm. season will be for the LVP. Sounds like it's going to be a really interesting one. The more the more I hear people talk about it, the more I'm like, okay, this could be good. This could be. Really yeah. Good no, it's, it is good. I think a lot of teams have a lot of potential. Yeah. But I think ours is um, definitely one of the few that at least is going to be able to push academy teams. If again, like I said, if we put the work in. Yeah, amazing. Well, that's a really good way to finish it with uh, some big talk like that. So perfect. <laughs> Thank you ever so much for coming onto the podcast. I really appreciate Sorry. the time. It's been a really interesting one. It's some really interesting takes for the LEC for LVP, for the whole game in general, so I appreciate all that you've done this morning. It's cool. Thanks for having me. No worries. If there, is there anything you want to say? Is there, a, you know, if people want to find you, where's the best place to find you? Go plug away, do whatever you please. Twitter, man, at UK Shogun. <laughs> Follow. Yeah, that's me. Brilliant. Well, that's I wish like, you the best Twitter of luck. Is my only, uh, yeah, platform. I think that's that's pretty normal for most, uh, most guys in the league scene. Twitter seems to be the yeah. one. Instagram is... Uh, taking a real backseat but yeah I, I appreciate you coming on and I wish you the best of luck for this split because I think it's it sounds like Thank it's going to be a really interesting one so uh, um, for everyone that did listen I hope you've had a really good podcast I hope you have a really lovely day and we will see you next time